Welcome and thanks for listening to the Community Christian Church Podcast. To learn more about Community Christian Church, visit us online at cccsterling.org. Today's message comes from Pastor Chris Ria. I remember back in 1999, which is 20 years ago now, it's hard to believe, I proposed to my wife, who's now my wife, Megan. 1999. And it was a pretty memorable experience. You see, Megan was a theater major and she was going to be performing in a play. And I worked out with her professor that I, to have her come or stay out on stage after the play and tell her she's going to have to do some improv and I was going to walk out on stage in front of the entire school and propose. And word kind of got out that this was happening and the place was packed for that play. And so I'll never forget, Megan was getting ready for the play, and she was doing that, and I was with my guy friends, and we were decorating uh, my buddy's truck This was saying, just engaged, and we were putting all these decorations, and we were getting ready for this big moment, and I was pretty nervous. So the time came, and at the end of the play, Megan was just staying there afterwards, kind of looking around, not knowing what she was supposed to do. And I walked out onto the stage and I got down on one knee and the whole place erupted. I couldn't even get the question out. (laughs) But I proposed right there. And she said yes. And yeah, thankfully she said yes. And it was such a memorable night. We went and we called our parents and they're crying and we're crying. Then we went to this restaurant called The Carousel in St. Paul and it overlooks the Twin Cities and we had 20 or 30 of our closest friends there celebrating with us. It was just so memorable. But then in that moment, you're so excited, right? You're ready to start your life together. You're ready to go to the, you know, to get married and start a life together, but we had 18 months before we were actually going to get married. 18 months is what it was going to take for me to finish school, 18 months for us to plan the wedding. And so that 18 months felt like an eternity. In fact, uh, the last semester, three months before our wedding, Megan graduated early and went home so that she could start planning the wedding. And so we were apart. I was in Minneapolis, she was here. And that was a very long three months to be away from each other. I just remember feeling so alone at times, and she'd call me with wedding plans, and I felt helpless. I felt like I was so far away that I couldn't do much. And then one day, she called me with kind of a scary phone call. She said that she got a pretty scary medical report from the doctors, and they were going to undergo some tests, and it was the first time in my life that my future seemed in jeopardy. And I remember I walked into this chapel that we had on campus, and we had chapel every single day, and 
the person spoke that day and at the end of chapel, he dismissed and the place started clearing out and I walked up to the front, something like this right here and I, I just walked right up here and I, and I got down on my knees and I just began to pray and everyone began to trickle out and then the light shut off. And I'm telling you, I never felt so alone in my life. And I'm just sitting there and I'm crying out to God. And it was in that moment that I realized a valuable lesson that I've held on to ever since then. And it's this, you can't have promise without a process. You see, we love to talk about the promises of God. I know that I do. I love to tell people, listen, God has a plan to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you hope in a future. I love to talk about the promises of God, that God's spirit is in us, that he's leading us, that he's guiding us, that we are the sons and the daughters of God and that he's for us and he's not against us. And he wants to heal us and he wants to lead us and he wants to use us to do incredible things in this world for his glory. I love those promises. But often we don't spend enough time talking about the process that it takes to get to the promise. You see, we all want success. We all want the promises of God. But in order to get to that point, sometimes we have to walk through some hard things. I'll never forget one of my first jobs was at Jet's Pizza over at 16 and DeQuinder. It's the only one that exists, right Henry? He owns it back there. Uh, it was one of my first jobs. And my job was to make the bread, the dough for the pizza. How many people have had a jet bread, you know, and it's delicious, right? But there's a process that it takes to make that jet bread taste the way it does. And the first thing that I had to do when I got there is we had this, we made it from scratch and we put this dough like on a table this size and we just threw it down there and you had to cut it. It's the first thing you had to do, you had to cut the dough. Then you had to knead the dough. You had to squeeze it. You had to crush it. And the more you squeezed it and the more you kneaded it, the more pliable it became. Then you put it on the side, you put it in a pan, you put it in the refrigerator, and what does it do? It begins to rise. But it can't rise unless it goes through this process of being crushed and being kneaded and being just grabbed and pushed together. And then after it rises, it then has to go through the fire, the oven. You got to put it through that oven and it goes through the fire to come out the way that it does at the very end. You see, there's a process to anything in life. And some of you know exactly what I'm talking about today. You've been waiting for your promise. Maybe life has been hard. Maybe life hasn't gone the way that you thought it should go. And you're like, when's these promises that everyone keeps telling me is coming? Well, maybe you happen to be in the process right now. 
You see, anyone in the Bible who got called by God to do something worth doing, they had to go through a tough process. We look at the life of Joseph. Joseph, when he was a kid, he had a dream. And in this dream, he was someone of significance. He was someone of importance. Even his brothers were bowing down to him. He was rising. His life was going to be significant, and God was showing it to him. But in order to get there, he had to go through a process. His own brothers betrayed him, sold him into slavery, and for 14 years, he was in prison, he was mistreated, he was enslaved. For 14 years, after he got a dream, after he got a calling on his life, 14 years of process before he became second in command in Egypt and saw the fulfillment of the promise. See, pain was part of the process. David the same way. David gets anointed king over all of Israel. Everyone in Israel, and God says, David's the guy. David's the man. That's who I want to be king. From the time David was anointed king to the time he took the throne, most people believe 15 years. 15 years, and we know the story. He was on the run, running for his life from King Saul because King Saul was threatened by David. He was hiding out in caves. He was hungry. He was sleeping in darkness. He was living in a foreign land. He was, if you read the Psalms, he's full of anxiety and depression. That's his norm. And he's crying out to God saying, God, how long? Am I going to have to go through this? But guess what? It was part of the process. He had to go through it in order to be a successful king, in order to get to the promise, in order to get where God needed him to be, he had to go through this process. See, the Bible's filled with these kinds of stories. I want to give you one more found in Genesis chapter 17, verse 8. This has to do with Abraham. God said to Abraham one day, he said, you are going to be set apart. You are going to be the father of many nations. You are going to be my chosen person who I bring an entire lineage through that's even going to lead to Christ. You're the guy. You're going to be recognized as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You are going to be a founding father for everything I want to do on this earth, for all of my promises. And this is what he says to Abraham in Genesis 17, verse 8. He says, the whole land of Canaan, now we know Canaan is where the promised land is. It's like the best piece of land in the world where God wants to eventually set his people. He says, the whole land of Canaan, where you now reside as a foreigner, I will give as an everlasting possession to you and your descendants after you, and I will be their God. He gives Abraham this amazing 
Abraham, it's all going to start right now through you. It's going to happen through you. It's an incredible promise. But let's read what Genesis 15, 13, and 14 says. God talking to Abraham, he says, And the Lord said to him, Know for certain that for 400 years your descendants will be strangers in a country not their own, and that they will be enslaved and mistreated there. But I will punish the nation they serve as slaves, and afterward they will come out with great possessions. Yet eventually, Abraham, you're the father of my people, and they're going to enjoy prosperity, and they're going to enjoy the best land. But your descendants, your lineage, your legacy is pretty much going to start with 400 years of bondage and slavery. The process that leads to the promise. See, for 400 years, the Israelites were in That's 10 generations of people who were born and died in slavery. They never got to see the promise, but they were part of the process. 400 years, but in that time, what God was doing is he was shaping them. He was multiplying them. They were becoming a numerous people, just like his original promise said they would. They were learning the value of hard work. They were learning what it takes to be the lowest so that they would know how to be the highest. They were learning how to treat people. They were learning how to run a nation. They were learning how to do everything it took to be successful. So then finally God sends Moses to them and Moses gets them out of there. But then they had to go another 40 years in the desert. Another part of the process. Because they had to learn how to go from a poverty mentality to a wealthy mentality. They left with all of Egypt's stuff. They worked hard for it for 400 years, but they left with all this wealth. And they learned in the desert how to go from poverty to wealth, how to rely on God, how to trust Him, how to live in community with each other. It was all part of the process. So finally, Moses passes away and Joshua comes up. Can you imagine what Joshua was thinking? Joshua is now going to be the guy who leads these people into the promised land. He's going to fulfill the promise that God gave to Abraham years and years and years ago. But in order to get to the promised land, he had to fight some battles. Another part of the process. And this is what God says to Joshua In Joshua 1.9, he says, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. 
I believe the reason God told Joshua, do not be afraid and do not be discouraged is because Joshua was feeling very afraid and very discouraged. And that's how a lot of us live our lives, in fear and in discouragement. You see, some of you have gone through some very hard things in this room. And because of the circumstances that you've gone through, you've been gripped with fear and you feel very discouraged. You know, painful life circumstances have the ability to cripple us if we let them. And there's all kinds of things that can cause us to feel fear or discouragement. There's all kinds of things that can keep our lives feeling small and insignificant. Maybe it's the loss of a loved one too soon. And you're just reeling from that. And you don't know how your life could ever be the same again. And you're feeling pain and fear and discouragement. Maybe you've been searching for the right person to marry for so long, but you just don't know if you're ever going to find them. Maybe you found that person and it didn't go as you thought it was going to go and your marriage ended in divorce. Maybe you find yourself going to a job every single day that you hate and you say, I went to school, I put in the time, I did everything I thought I was supposed to do. Where's my promise? Maybe you have kids that are making some bad choices and you're saying, God, where are you? I feel fearful for them and I'm discouraged. Maybe you have family members that have been given a bad medical report and that's led to fear and discouragement. Well, I want to tell you something this morning. You can rise above those circumstances that have caused your life to feel small and insignificant. You can overcome the fear and the discouragement by realizing that this is not your new normal. This is not your life from here on out. The promise is coming but the promise is in the process. You can find joy. You can have hope. You know, in Hebrews 12, 2, the author of Hebrews says this. He says, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our our faith, for the joy set before him, for the joy set before Jesus, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Jesus knew that at 33 years old, he was going to die. And remember, Jesus was every bit human as he was God. And he knew he was going to die at 33 And not only die, but the people closest to him were going to betray him, turn on him. And he was going to have to die one of the most horrific deaths you could ever die in the history of the world. But he still found joy in the process. 
How was that possible? Knowing that he was going to go to the cross from 30 to 33, his three years of earthly ministry, how did he find joy in those moments knowing what was going to come? He found joy because he knew that the promise of salvation by grace through faith, the promise of eternal life, the promise of the curtain being torn and us going directly to God right to his throne would be worth the process. He knew it. And some of you need to know that. Success always comes at a cost. So maybe you're here today and you find yourself afraid and discouraged, wondering how much more you can take. I have a word for you this morning. And it's found in Genesis 16, 13. I just want to give a little bit of context to this verse. And I'm going to close with this. Abraham had Sarah, his wife. God told Abraham, I'm going to bless you. You are going to be the father of many nations. Here's the issue. They were getting older and they didn't have kids. But God promised them a son, Isaac. But they didn't know when Isaac was coming. So Sarah takes matters into her own hands and she gives her maidservant, Hagar, to Abraham. And she says, here, I'm taking matters into my own hands. I'm not choosing to trust God in this moment. And I want you to sleep with my maidservant and to have a child with her and then we'll raise it. Be like a surrogate pregnancy. So Abraham does this, and Hagar gets pregnant with Ishmael. They begin to raise Ishmael. But then all of a sudden, God says, that wasn't the way I planned it. And Sarah gets pregnant, and she gives birth to Isaac. And it's through the line of Isaac that God's people were going to multiply. So what happens to Hagar and Ishmael now? They pretty much get discarded. Well, sorry, That was our plan. It didn't quite work out. You need to leave now. And they send Hagar and Ishmael on their way. And Hagar and Ishmael are fearful and they're discouraged. They have nothing. They were servants. They were in poverty. They didn't know how they were going to survive. And she pretty much leaves and she's getting ready to die. And God speaks to her. And he says, don't worry. Your descendants are going to be as numerous as well. You're going to have a lineage. You're going to be just fine. Either you or your son are going to die. And listen what Hagar says in Genesis 16, 13. She says, she gave this name to the Lord who spoke to her. You are the God who sees me. For she said, I have now seen the one who sees me. Maybe you are here in this room and you have been going through something that seems too hard to bear. Your your life is full of fear and discouragement. I want you to know God is the God who sees 
you. He sees your circumstance, and it's part of the process that will lead to a promise. He sees you. Maybe you came today, and you're like, I just want to see my nephew, my niece, my friend get baptized, and you're making me listen to music and listen to you. Can we just get to the baptism already? Maybe that's what you're feeling. But I want you to know, I believe you're here for a reason because God wants to know. Maybe you've doubted who he is. Maybe you don't even know what you believe about God. Maybe life has been so painful and you can't wrap your mind around it. I want you to know he's the God who sees you. He sees you. And he's got a plan of promise for you. Some of you, you've worked your entire lives and you're setting up the next generation for promise. Others of you are benefiting from the process of generations that came before you. But whatever it is, wherever you find yourself in the process, hold on to God, find joy in the process, and I'm telling you, a promise is coming. He hasn't forgotten about you. I started this with a story about Megan and I's engagement. Well, guess what? A wedding did happen. A wedding happened. The promise happened. We learned a valuable lesson, though. We learned that in order to have promise, you have to have process. And don't be afraid of it. If you're walking through something, learn from it. Let God, to, let God mold you. Let him be like that dough where he's trying to mold you and sculpt you into something that will eventually let you rise and find promise and success. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for your process that leads to promise. I thank you, Lord, that you have not abandoned us. You're not a God who abandons us, but you're a God who knows what we need before we even ask. You're a God that knows what's best for our lives, even though we can't always see it in the moment. You can. And I thank you for the process, even though it's hard, even though it's grueling. I thank you that through that process will come many pro promises. And I just pray that for every single person in this room who's struggling right now, that they will begin to see the promise in your process. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening to the Community Christian Church Podcast. For more messages like this and other resources, visit us online at cccsterling.org.